0: Yeah, amen is right. Well, New Hope Church, would you pray with me? God, we thank you for a morning with bright sunshine. God, I ask now that we would center ourselves upon you. God, that you would be our vision, that you would enable us to not just see you, God, but to see all of your work going on around us. God, we love you, and we thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so, uh, my name is John, in case you don't know me. I am one of the pastors here. I work in NextGen usually, so um, I don't necessarily invite this always, but if you feel like you need to interrupt me, that's okay, because I'm used to it. Um, It makes me feel... A little safer. Um, So one thing I want you to know about me is that I really love music. I love music. It's just, I I love genres and styles. I I love to find new music. Um, my, My wife always makes fun of me when she thinks back in the 90s when I made her go to Cheapo Records, and you would hear this like click, click, click of looking through the CDs. This is only a very very small amount of how many I still have at home, um, so let me just put these over here, I guess, because um, now I do more uh, what they would call crate diving right and i 'm looking for records, both old and new, and so I might find you know some some great past things. I might find some new things. I might find something that I've always wanted and I just got to add it to the collection. Here's a, a UK import only. So extra tracks, a little extra money. I just love music. I love it. I love how music is the soundtrack to my life. I love the fact that it's something that can bring people together and create a community. I mean, If you've never been out to something called Record Store Day, I I never even got anywhere near the register just because I was continually waiting in line with uh, people, with people, because music brings people together. I love how music is tied to memories. When a certain song was important or maybe the backdrop of a special moment for me. Or music can just be like the regular moments of everyday life, right? So just the other morning, uh, my daughter's going to be embarrassed, but just the other morning, I was making lunch for them, and it was, you know, 6.30, and so I needed to pep myself up for PB&J time, and so I turned on a little bit of Will Smith, and we were getting jiggy with it. It was like, and i throw down the sandwich, you know, uh, na-na-na-na-na. Anyways, okay, so that's just a little insight into what our kitchen can be like at 6 30 in the morning and I had a, a co-worker Eric and he and I used to interrupt every meeting because every meeting had a soundtrack to it now I don't know if that's how your meetings are but that's how that's how I do meetings and so we would interrupt and interject something about that nobody else cared about but to us it was the soundtrack of the moment They're essential. I mean, if you think about movies and television, a show can go from good to great because of the music that holds it together. Just watch a video online where they've taken like the music from a a dramatic scene and replaced it with some like comedic music, right? Completely changes what's happening in in the moment. Completely changes the scene. And I mean, think of a road trip too, right? A road trip is the best place for a soundtrack. So a couple years ago, I'm coming back from the Smoky Mountains with my family. and Yeah, that's right. And I'm, we're, we're staying that night in Paducah, Kentucky. And so as I'm in the hotel that night, I'm like, well, I think we need a Paducah soundtrack, right? A playlist. And so on that playlist, it's a blend of Americana, gospel singers. I don't know if you guys know Sandra McCracken, but if your name is Sandra McCracken, you're gonna end up on a Paducah playlist. So anyways, and and on there you've got some Sun Studio people. It's the sound of Rolling Hills and American farmland, right? And it's become like the soundtrack for road trips for me. But I gotta tell you, nothing, nothing is quite like a minivan and kids or parents and kids together in a minivan when the Disney playlist comes on, right? Now I have the Disney soundtrack, like it's a playlist of playlists all blended together. And I gotta tell you, when the circle of life comes on and everyone in the car is like Simba, holding Simba up, right? It is that moment that brings us all together. We're singing at the top of our lungs. And even now, some of the worship songs are still running through our heads. And maybe a hymn from long ago because it holds a memory. It holds a memory even in this space that we're all gathered in. Soundtracks. Soundtracks are all around us. In fact, this summer, the soundtrack for those of us here at New Hope Church, especially throughout the week, has been the sound of crushing gravel, beeping trucks, and constant building as they're tearing down a bridge and building it back even better. Last week, Pastor Matthew spoke about building a new bridge and how it symbolizes much of what is happening right here at New Hope. A foundation that remains the same, Jesus, but a new season. Now, I've watched them build that bridge all summer long. Over and over, I've thought about how that represents to me, to us, the need for New Hope Church to be a community bridge builder, to help bring new hope into the community. Not New Hope Church, new hope into the community. All of this while I'm also reading a book by author John Acuff, a book called Soundtracks. Now, this book is all about overthinking, and I need to let you know, Uh, I really like music, but if there's something else about me, I really like to overthink. And so I really needed to buy this book and read it. And then I overthought starting the book for about a year. So that's how I am. But finally, when I picked it up and started reading, it just took me like a week because it was just so good. I'm not going to give you a full overview of the book. You can go and read it if you'd like. But I will tell you that Even if we don't have a soundtrack of music playing in our heads, even if you don't interrupt a meeting on a weekly basis, we do still have soundtracks all the time. We have soundtracks of thoughts, some of them good and some of them bad. Plain and simple. Much of our overthinking is held up by the soundtrack that we play on repeat, a soundtrack that says we aren't good enough Or maybe one that says, I'm too good for this. A soundtrack that says, I can accomplish all of my goals. Or one that says, I'm just gonna fail again. A soundtrack that says, I'm hard to love. The list is long in our minds and the soundtrack is loud. Again, Pastor Matthew spoke of the power of the gospel last week. The power of the renewing of the Holy Spirit the Gospel of Jesus Christ that breaks the chains of sin and its accompanying shame. As followers of Jesus, we begin to write a new soundtrack, and those songs begin to drown out the old ones. They replace fear and shame with joy and hope. The amazing part is that God doesn't expect us to write a new soundtrack alone. He has created the church a shared community that can help one another. And we'll talk a lot more about that in the coming weeks. But just think if there's a huge community around records, think about the community that is the church and what it can be. So for the rest of our time together today, I want us to focus on how we as God's community at the crossroads of 169 and Rockford Road, gathered and scattered, can lean into the soundtrack of New Hope Found Hope. This, the soundtrack of New Hope Church. You know, one person shared with me this week that after last Sunday and like Monday night was prayer time, there were Bible studies that were kicking off and midweek kids and students, it felt like we took out that old tape out of the deck, you know, the one that's kind of scratched and doesn't sound quite right and replaced it with a brand new one. A fresh new song, a song of joy and hope and expectation of what God is going to do. This is incredibly exciting. A fresh breath of God's Spirit, but we don't want to keep that joy to ourselves. And this is where it goes back to the bridge in my mind. How do we build a new bridge to our community? I think this is a great question. Think about the new bridge they're building. I am certain that they have a team of engineers drawing up plans, understanding the soil underneath, doing all that needs to be done to build a long lasting and weight bearing structure. Or at least that's what I hope because the only time I've ever built a bridge is out of popsicle sticks and that did not go so well. So I am putting a lot of trust in those people that are planning whatever is happening out there. So you need a plan. You even need a plan when you're designing the perfect soundtrack, or playlist, or even just one song. One time I made a mixtape, a mix mix CD for my wife. It was entitled Songs I Like, Songs You Like, Songs I Think That You Should Like. So I had a plan. (laughs) A, A great many of them were the songs that I thought she should like, so I'll just let you know. But even just one song has layers and layers and layers of tracks. One song can be immense. And you have one simple idea, and you turn that into a giant plan that eventually becomes the song that we hear on the radio. So if we want to build a bridge to the community, what kind of plan do we have? Well, Jesus left us a plan before he left. He said, go and make disciples and baptize them. Then he expanded on that in Acts 1.8, and he said that the disciples would receive the power of the Holy Spirit and then be witnesses to all the world. And if you're like me, sometimes you read those passages and you wish that they had step one for building disciples or step one for helping show the light of Jesus to your community. Please follow the rest of these steps that I've outlined. But that's not how Jesus works. Unfortunately, we need to do a little more digging and a little more thinking. You know, blueprints, like they've drawn up for a bridge, or track lists, they're not that simple. They aren't just a checklist. So that's not what Jesus gives us, right? For a bridge, someone, there's a project manager somewhere holding the checklist, but the bridge has a blueprint. Our lives have a blueprint. And the only way that you can find that is digging into the pages of Scripture, Jesus lived his entire life as an example to you and I. He taught to crowds of people, and those words were captured for us in the Gospels. As you read through the Gospels, you see Jesus heal people, love people, and sometimes rebuke people. You see, Jesus put time with the Father first in his life. On the cross, even on the cross, he made sure that his mother was cared for, right? He lavished in time spent with others. So, our first step in being a bridge builder of new hope to the community is relationships. It's loving people well. And this is hard. This is hard if we aren't in the community in some way. Instead of adding one more thing to your life to accomplish the need to be community, I want you to think about where you are already your job, your neighborhood. Maybe sports for you or sports for your kids, volunteering, schools, park and rec, community theater, music organizations. Maybe you're really into bar trivia. I don't know. In line at the grocery store. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about where you spend your time. Ask what relationships do I have in the community. If the answer is none, then go start building building some relationships, because we all end up in the places, in these places and spaces throughout our lives, and we need to love people. So, for just a moment, I want us to pause. I want us to actually think about three places that were active in the community, and I want you to write them down. So grab a piece of paper, get out your phone, do something like that. I'm actually going to give you a moment of silence to think about three spaces in the community where you are active right now, where you could maybe be the light of Jesus. As we keep going, you can certainly keep writing. But I want to finally get to our passage for the day. In the Bible, there's a letter from Paul to the church in Colossae, the book of Colossians. It's written because there are people in that church who are declaring extra steps in how to be a Christian. Paul wants to let them know that it is by grace alone and the work of Jesus on the cross that we are saved. That's it. Then, towards the end of the letter, Paul talks about how our lives look different as followers of Jesus. Now, this outward flow is not a prerequisite to being saved. Instead, it is what we look like as we follow Jesus. So it is the genuine outgrowth of loving God and God changing us into disciples. So let's read together Colossians 3, 1 all the way through 17. I'll pause at a few spots. But starting in verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. All right, quick pause. What's he saying? He's saying if you believe in Jesus... Seek the things of Jesus. We are to use our minds to think of Jesus. We're not to focus on the things of the world. And when we become followers of him, our lives are now in him. They are his. And when he returns, we will be fully renewed. I think that that's an important moment to think about and pause on. Because here's the thing as we go through this next list, right? When he returns, we will be fully renewed. There's going to be times where we still struggle. And yet, here's what we are being called out of, starting in verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetedness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away anger wrath malice slander and obscene talk from your mouth do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator here is not greek law greek jew and jew circumcised and uncircumcised barbarian and scythian there we go slave but free free, but Christ is all and in all. So again, stepping back, Paul lists the things we were once beholden to, right? We may still struggle with these things, but we're to throw them off. They are not our identity, even if they are our struggle. That's one of our soundtracks, right? One of our soundtracks is, I am an angry person. Well, if you're following Jesus, you might struggle with anger, but you are not anger. You are a follower of Jesus. So throw those things off, struggle against them. There's also no longer, uh, in this, that last section, there's no, also no longer an us and them, but all people together make up the family of God. All people are welcomed and invited to hear the call of God and respond. Now, are all people following Jesus yet? No. Are all people welcome to follow Jesus? Yes. Yes. And as bridge builders, we bring that truth. So now, verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We often wait till Sunday morning to sing songs and to be together. And yet, guess what? Monday's tomorrow And you can sing songs and praise Jesus wherever you are, in whatever space you're at. Because the majority of our time is not here together. The majority of time is out there in those spaces that you've written down. This is how we are to live as followers of Jesus. This is part of the blueprint, part of the soundtrack of our lives. The list shows us the words to tell ourselves the questions to ask ourselves to be formed into the followers of Jesus. Did I show kindness to my fellow human or evil? This passage is filled with actionable steps that we can take. But those steps are just simply how we present ourselves as followers of Jesus. We reject anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from our mouths and lying to one another. Eugene Peterson paraphrased it beautifully in the message. He says, but you know better now, so make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes that you've stripped off and put in the fire. It's no more. Ask yourself the hard question today. How often do I present myself to the world in that way? I do it, right? Just last night, there was a moment I had to go back, ask for forgiveness. I didn't do that right. That's okay. But we throw that off and we try to live into this new life. As a follower of Jesus, we want to live with, a com- with compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, and love. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Think about that. The peace of Christ. Peace of Christ. In a world that's anxious, anxious, In a world that's hurried, the peace of Christ. Again, Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase, he says, Dress in the wardrobe of God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear Love, it's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Well, those are our instructions, or at least part of them, on how to bring new hope into the community. It isn't a fancy program, although it could be, right? We have great programs here. We have Bible Studies and Youth Group, Awana, we have Hope Bridge, we have Knitters and Stitchers, which was like the highlight for some people for the summer. And they keep going, so join them. But programs, I want you just to know, they come and go. The best tool God gave us for building a new bridge is his people living a life that reflects Jesus to the world. God's plan all along has been to use people to share about his son Jesus, King Jesus who's come and the kingdom is here. We are the mouthpiece of God And he wants us to share the good news. How? Through relationships that we have with one another in the spaces and the places that we are. We've been given a new identity and flowing from this is a new way of living. This way of living is rooted in love and grace and it will be noticed. This way of living is not a life of fear because God has already won. I think the loudest false soundtrack that we can hear as Christians is that we need to win for God. We need to win things like a culture war. We need to win power back. We need to win whatever else comes into our minds that we think we're supposed to win. But this is false because he's already won. Win can be translated as fear, We fear that if we don't win the culture war that God can't win, but God's already won. And we fear that if we don't have enough power or something that that God can't win, but God has already won. And he's always winning. He was always going to win. And so we don't have to worry about that. So we can replace fear with joy and hope. God has sent his son to die for me to die for this world. He's changed our mourning and turned it into joy. I have hope in a redeemer, and the good news changes everything. So we don't hide hope because of fear. We don't hide hope because we don't all agree. Instead, we live hope-filled lives, lives that are compassionate, kind, humble, meek, patient, filled with forgiveness, and most of all, put on love. And we see this throughout the scripture, right? We see Jesus with the woman at the well. And Jesus sees her. She see, he sees her whole self. She wonders what he's doing there. And in his meekness and in his humble way, seeing her fully changes her. And she goes to the town, and the whole town comes back. Think of Zacchaeus, he cheated people his whole adult life, but Jesus picked him out of a crowd, he sits with him and eats, and Zacchaeus, because he's known by Jesus, it changes everything. The disciples are a ragtag group at best, but Jesus sees each of them, knows that they will do great things, invites them to follow, and everything is changed. Paul gives us a list because the outgrowth of the Spirit in us is putting on the skin of Jesus. You can bring a meal to a friend. You can invite a neighbor over for dinner. You can write an encouraging note to your child's teacher. You can ask your barista or your grocery store clerk their name and then use it. Use their name. Know them. Join a group at school or work just to simply get to know people. I want to try to read a story to you I say try because sometimes emotions rise to the top. And I'm going to paraphrase some of it, but there's this, there's a guy, his name is Daryl. Well, first of all, this is out of one of my favorite books ever. It's by a guy named Mike Iaconelli. It's called Messy Spirituality. Um, <laughs> it's in a chapter called Unspiritual Growth. You know, the kind of chapter we want to all read. Non-principle number four is reluctant growth is still growth. Here's a little bit about Daryl. Every month, the youth group at River Road Church visited Holcomb Manor, a local nursing home, to hold church services for the residents. Daryl, a reluctant youth group volunteer, did not like nursing homes. So for a long time, he had avoided the monthly services. But when a flu epidemic depleted the group of sponsors, Daryl agreed to help with the next month's service, as long as he did not have to be part of the program. During the service, Daryl felt awkward and out of place. He leaned against the back wall between two residents in wheelchairs. Just as the service finished and Daryl was starting, uh, was thinking about a quick exit, someone grabbed at his hand. Startled, he looked down and saw a very frail old man, obviously lonely, in a wheelchair. What could Daryl do but hold this man's hand? The man's mouth hung open. His face held no expression. Daryl doubted whether he could hear or see anything. As everyone began to leave, Daryl realized he didn't want to leave the old man. Daryl had been left too many times in his own life, and he was caught off guard by his feelings. He leaned over. He said, "Uh, um, I'm sorry, I have to leave, but I'll be back. I promise. And Without warning, the man squeezed Daryl's hand, and he let go. As Daryl's eyes filled with tears, he grabbed his stuff and he started to leave. Inexplicably, he heard himself say to the old man, I love you. And he thought, well, where did that come from? What's the matter with me? Daryl returned the next month and the month after that. and Each time, it was the same. Daryl would stand in the back. Oliver would grab his hand. Daryl would say he had to leave. Oliver would squeeze his hand. And Daryl would say softly, I love you, Mr. Leek. He had learned his name by that point, of course. And as the months went on, about a week before the Holcomb Manor service, Darrell would find himself looking forward to visiting his old friend. On his sixth visit, the service started, but Oliver still hadn't come. He hadn't been wheeled out. Darrell was concerned and asked the nurse, and she said, uh, come with me. Oliver lay in his bed, his eyes closed, his breathing uneven. At 40 years of age, Daryl had never seen someone dying, but he knew that Oliver was near death. Slowly, he walked to the side of the bed, and he grabbed his hand. When Oliver didn't respond, tears filled Daryl's eyes. He knew he might never see Oliver alive again. He had so much that he wanted to say, but the words just wouldn't come. So he stayed with Oliver for about an hour when the youth director gently interrupted, saying they were about to leave. Daryl stood, squeezed Mr. Leek's hand for the last time, and said, I'm sorry, but I need to go. I love you. As he unclasped his hand, he felt a squeeze. Mr. Leek had responded. He had squeezed Daryl's hand. Oh, the tears were unstoppable now, and Darrell stumbled toward the door, trying to regain his composure. A young woman was standing at the door and Daryl almost bumped into her. I'm sorry, he said, I I didn't see you there. It's all right. I've been waiting for you, she said. I'm Oliver's granddaughter. He is dying, you know. Yes, I know. I wanted to meet you, she said. When the doctors said he was dying, I came immediately. We've always been very close. They said he couldn't talk. But he has been talking to me not much but i do know what he's saying last night he woke up and his eyes were bright and alert he looked straight into my eyes and said please say goodbye to jesus for me and he laid back down and closed his eyes well he caught me off guard and as soon as i gathered my composure i whispered to him grandpa i don't need to say goodbye to jesus Because you're going to be with him soon, and you can tell him hello. He struggled to open his eyes again. This time his face lit up with a mischievous smile, and he said as clearly as I'm talking to you, I know, but Jesus comes to see me every month, and he might not know I've gone. He closed his eyes, and he hasn't spoken since. I told the nurse what he'd said, and she told me about you coming every month, holding grandpa's hand. I wanted to thank you for him. And well, I never thought about Jesus being chubby and bald as you. (laughs) But I imagine that Jesus is very glad to have been mistaken. I know grandpa is. Thank you. She leaned over and kissed Daryl on the forehead Oliver Leake died peacefully the next morning. Relationships and the love that we share with people, they will open the doors in our community. They will make a massive shift from loneliness and fear, anxiety, to friendships, hope, and joy. And New Hope Church... We get to be a part of that. If we live this life as Jesus calls us to, if we put on the skin of Jesus, our soundtrack will be loud. Our love will be loud and known. So here's my ask. Blast the soundtrack until every knee has bowed before the throne of our God because new hope found hope, right? New hope is our church, but new hope is our city, and our new hope is the hope that we have in Jesus. Now bring that to everybody.